Hey there, thanks for checking out my podcast. This episode was recorded originally as a video, so if you'd prefer to watch it, head over to my YouTube channel. Otherwise, sit back and enjoy. Today we're going to talk about the 29 things you must know when trading the wheel option strategy. So um, let's jump right in and let's get started. So uh, let's briefly talk about the basics. Uh, so for those of you, if this is your first time on this channel, welcome. Let me know in the comments if this is your first time. I'm always curious who is watching here uh, for the first time ever. Anyhow, so the basics of the wheel strategy. It's, uh, it's actually pretty simple. So uh, let me just tell you the three steps uh, that consist of the, or the three steps that we need to do when trading the strategy. Number one, we want to sell put options and collect premium. There we go. Then uh, based on what we are doing here, we might or might not get assigned. And uh, if we are getting assigned, we will sell call options and collect more premium. If we are not assigned, right? Uh, then we will just keep it step number one, sell put options to collect more premium. So as you can see, it's really not that complicated. I mean, wouldn't you agree? But uh, there are a bunch of questions. And uh, so based on all of your questions, I picked 29 that we are going to answer here today, because I believe that these are the 29 things you must know when trading the wheel strategy. Now, um, I divided this into the basics, uh, then picking the right stock, because there's a lot of questions around picking the right stock. And then we will also talk about selling calls after getting assigned, as well as what to do when a trade is in trouble, because I did a dedicated video on this. And uh, so let's, let's talk about this. And uh, We'll be fine. This will be a fun-filled uh, 30, 45 minutes. Let's see how long it takes. And if you have quite a time, of course, I will take your questions here as well. So uh, question number one, I have around $30,000 in my interactive brokers account. Is it enough to start trading the wheel? Here is what my recommendation. You should have at least $10,000 in cash so that you can get $20,000 in margin. I highly recommend that you're trading a margin account. You know what? I decided to do this here in a different color. What do you think? Does purple look good for the answers? Eh, not really. I'll find a better color so that you can see very clearly what the questions are and what the answers are. I'm almost tempted to do it in red, but uh, you know what? I'm going to do it in dark green. What do you think about this? Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is what I recommend. If you have less than $10,000 in cash, I do not recommend that you're trading the wheel strategy. Now, if you have a smaller account, I recommend that you uh, do a maximum of three positions in your account. So no more than three positions. As your account grows, you can go up to five positions in the account. Sound good? Okay. So next question that I receive all the time, what is the best expiration date when selling options? And now I'm getting smart and I'm making it green right now. So here's what I like to do. I like to go one to two weeks out. So this also means that I like to trade uh, weekly options. And you see today is Wednesday, March 10th. 
So what I would do right now, I would look for weekly options here, for example, on Apple um, that are, let's go there, that are expiring either this week or the next one. So with two to nine days to expiration. So I'm looking for really short views here because uh, I believe that this is where you have most control over uh, the prices here. The idea is actually uh, to collect weekly paychecks. So collect weekly paychecks. And I, I put this in quotation marks because it always sounds so glamorous, right? Collect weekly paychecks, but it's really important that you know what you're doing here. Now, next question that I receive all the time, should I use margin to increase the buying power? And my answer to this is Yes, absolutely. I highly recommend this. However, keep in mind that uh, margin uh, is a double-edged sword. Double-edged sword, which can work for you as well as against you. So I have done, uh, I've made a dedicated video that actually explains what type of margin you should use. And it's, uh, I think it's called trading on margin. I'll link to it in the description and also right here in the chat. So look it up here. Uh, so please uh, watch the video. And uh, again, I believe it's called trading uh, with margin. Uh, highly, highly recommend. Okay. So the next question here is, how do I know if I have enough capital if you get assigned? Super easy. So let's say that you are selling a 100 put. So which means uh, a put with a strike price of 100. This means that when you're getting assigned, you have to buy 100 shares at $100 each. So this means that you need $10,000. So uh, super easy actually here to know if you have enough capital in your account, if you're getting assigned or not. So all you need to do is basically just uh, take the strike price that you are selling of the put times 100 because options come in 100 pack and you take this num uh, times the number of options that you're selling. So let me give you an example. I recently uh, sold, one, uh, sold eight put options uh, of Apple uh, at a 133 strike price. So how do you know whether you have enough money in your account? Well, this is where we are taking the strike price, 133 times 100 times eight. And uh, we're using the handy dandy calculator here. And uh, the handy dandy calculator will tell us that this is 133 times 100 times eight. So this means uh, 106,000 that you need to have in your account. So please make sure that you are sizing your account appropriately. And the good news is if you do have the PowerX Optimizer, which is the tool that I'm using, it will show you exactly how many shares you can trade. Uh, let me just zoom in so that you see it. So what you need to do here is uh, that you are actually filling in your buying power. And again, your buying power might be different how many positions you want to take. And this is where I said, if you have a smaller account, uh, fill in three. If you have a larger account, you want to fill in four or five. And then you see, uh, based on uh, the strike price that you're selling here, it will tell you exactly how many options you should trade. And based on how many options, it also tells you 
how much money you need, how much margin is required uh, in order to, <clears throat> uh, if you are getting assigned, right? So you see here, it's super easy. And this is where I saw with Apple, for example, that I was supposed to trade eight options here. Uh, it would take me $106,000 in margin, and this would be for the 133 strike price. Highly, highly, highly recommend that you do use uh, a tool because you see, if you do all the math in your head, it can go horribly wrong, right? So please use a tool. The tool that I personally use is the PowerX Optimizer. Many of you already have the tool. Many of you are familiar with it. And yes, we are only a few weeks away from releasing a brand new version, version 2.0, which will be super exciting, but more about this later. Okay. So let's move on here. Is there a certain percentage you buy to close at? Some people say 50% profit is best statistically to close. Uh, you see, um, most people say, or some people, whatever they say, don't care. I like to uh, close a position at 90% of the max profits. And I wanna show you exactly how I'm doing this. So as an example, uh, this morning, I sold um, I sold puts on DKS, Dick's Sporting Good, and I sold them for 75 cents. So this is where right now I have a working order in there to buy this bag at 7 cents, right? Which is 90% of 75 cents. You get the idea. So uh, I'm placing this order right in there. So yes, if I can get 90% of the max profit here, this is when I want to exit. Okay, cool. So hope that this is helpful and um, let's move on to the next one. So um, is there a rule of thumb of what percentage this account uh, is tied up with the, the strategy? Uh, this is where it really uh, depends, right? And uh, let me just write this down here. So it depends how many trading strategies uh, you use. Right. So right now I trade two strategies. I trade the power X strategy and I trade the wheel strategy. However, uh, the power X strategy is perfect for a trending market. And if we look at the markets right now, I mean, the markets are far from trending right now. They're super choppy, right? Going up and down. So therefore, right now I uh, dedicate all of my money in the account to the wheel strategy. So this is the strategy that works perfect in market conditions like this. So this here is right now where I'm allocating all of my money in the account. So if, um, for example, once I start trading uh, the power X strategy again, uh, this is where I would just uh, decrease the buying power here and say, instead of using the 500,000, I might just use, uh, let's say 400K and use 100K for uh, the wheel strategy. So anyhow, great question. So this is why I just uh, wanted to let you know of what I'm doing here. Good. So uh, the next question is, what screening criteria does the PowerX optimizer use for the wheel strategy? Great question. So uh, let me just back off for just a moment, uh, share my iPad with you, because on my iPad, you will see the PowerX optimizer and the PowerX optimizer has a built-in scanner to find uh, the best candidates for the wheel strategy. So this is where we have the scanner here and there's a conservative scanner and an aggressive scanner. And you see, these are all the symbols right now that are popping up on the scanner. So what are the criteria that we are using here? First of all, we are using a price criteria. 
we are looking for stocks between five and uh, $300 here. Uh, we are looking for stocks that have a down day because when you're selling put premium, you want to make sure that you're selling when the market is going down. Actually, uh, we are looking at the implied volatility. So the implied volatility want to make sure that there's enough premium on there. Uh, but then most importantly, that the annualized premium uh, is actually at least above 30%. That's what we are looking for. Uh, so there's a, a few other uh, minor criteria. First of all, uh, we only look for stocks that have weekly options. Uh, this is what I explained briefly uh, a little bit earlier. I'm not interested in trading uh, st stocks that only have monthly options. So therefore, um, we want to make sure that uh, we are trading weekly options. So uh, the criteria that we use here is uh, price. Let me just write it down here between five and $300. Uh, we are looking for the implied volatility. So this is abbreviated for the implied volatility. Uh, we want to make sure that the stock has a down day. I want to make sure that they have weekly options. And most importantly, that the annualized annualized how do you spell annualized almost uh, premium that we can collect here is at least uh, 30% and this is based on cash. So this brings me to the next question here. Uh, what can I expect? Uh, because I always keep saying 30% yearly annualized based on what capital and uh, the capital here, this would be based. Um, I can spell. There we go. Uh, based on the buying power. Okay, so this is where here in my account, I have a $500,000 buying power. And uh, this means if I'm looking for 30% uh, based on the buying power, uh, so this would yield into 60% uh, based on my cash that I did put in the account, uh, because uh, the cash that I put in the account was $250,000. There we go. So uh, this is when I'm talking about the 30% uh, yearly annualized. It's based on the buying power. And again, if you don't trade with margin, uh, then this would be uh, based on your cash. But since I am using a margin account, uh, it is 60% based on my cash. And this is why with this account, my goal is to make uh, $180,000 per year or uh, $15,000 per month. And uh, thus far on March 10th, I've already realized more than $50,000. So I'm uh, I'm well on my way. And so I will probably exceed uh, the, the annual 30% by quite a lot. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, now very, very important. When I show these things, please keep in mind, I've been doing it for a while. I'm really, really, really good at this. So uh, with the right tools, with the right education, uh, you can expect similar results, but I'm not making any promises here at all. I mean, in fact, you might lose money uh, because we have had it uh, where people are actually using the same tool, the same strategy, and they manage to lose money. Uh, sometimes don't quite understand how and why, but uh, it is what it is. So just keep this in mind and practice. Practice this strategy first before you trade it with real money. Um, so before we continue, is this helpful at all that I'm going through the questions that have been most frequently asked over the past few shows? Uh, really hope that uh, this helps here. 
um, because I, I think that these are, we do rapid fire uh, to make sure that we are going through as many questions here as possible. Okay, uh, do you have a defined universe of stocks that are good list? Well, first of all, I want to make sure that I'm trading the stocks from uh, the PowerX scanner, so from the wheel scanner. And uh, then I just look for stocks that, that I like overall. So I'll, I'll be happy to show you all the stocks that I've traded thus far this year. If you want, feel free to take a screenshot of this. So Apple, AMD, DBX is Dropbox, uh, DKS is Dick Sporting Good. Uh, this is a Brazilian ETF. Uh, GDXJ is the Gold Miners, Halliburton, Hasbro, IBM, uh, Nordstrom, Lumber Liquidator, Mara, uh, MS MNST, this is Monster Beverages, Neo, Riot, Riot, uh, Snap, Twitter, UAL, Uber, uh, WW is Weight Watchers, and win. So if you want, uh, feel free to take a screenshot of this. These are stocks that I really like to trade. And as you see, most of them are very well-known names. So I'm not trading any exotic stocks. And you also will not find GME, GameStop or AMC on this list here. So um, I, I hope this helps. Uh, just uh, take a, a look at my positions. This might help you. And then uh, if you have subscribed to the Power Income Alerts, you will receive uh, every now and then uh, alerts. I, I think we are issuing a, a few a month, like four to six per month, and I issued one this morning uh, about the uh, DKS, Dick Sporting Goods. So I think that this is a good one. I hope that you got into this one. Okay. So is there a certain level of IV implied volatility on a stock that you won't go? I've traded some 200% uh, plus of IV. Is that too high? The higher, and let me just uh, mark this also in green. So just rule of thumb, uh, that the higher the IV, the higher the risk, because this means that now a stock can really swing back and forth. Uh, so for me, what I feel is a sweet spot uh, I like to see at least 40% uh, IV, 40% um, IV, and I like to see no more, no more than 100% of the applied volatility. Sometimes I do take trades that are more of the 100, but honestly, for me, the the sweet spot uh, where you find most trades that are fairly safe. Uh, is anywhere between uh, 60 to 80% uh, implied volatility. Again, this is where I don't have hard rules here. I must like the op, uh, the stock here. Okay, so somebody asked, uh, Marcus, so you have changed from when I started. I just wanted to know the symbol. I did not want to know anything about the company. Might cloud my view. Trade what you see, what you think. Have you changed from this mentality? And uh, so here is my answer to this one. And this is an excellent question. And my answer is no. No for the Power X strategy. So, as you know, I'm trading two strategies. So, for the Power X strategy, uh, I absolutely do not want to know anything about the symbol, but it is yes for the wheel strategy because here in the wheel strategy, I only want to trade super solid stocks. Hey, by the way, uh, if you want, I'll be happy to make these notes available to you. So uh, I think Nicole uh, will leave something in the description here and also right here in the chat uh, so that you see where you can get the notes if you're interested in this, if you want to have the notes. This is why I'm taking them here for you. 
Okay, so I noticed that some of the stocks on your list for the wheel have very illiquid weekly options. Do you watch for options uh, liquidity or just the credit limit and hope to get filled? So uh, I don't care about open interest and volume. Okay, so this is where I rather care. And let me write this down here. So, and here's why, because I am selling premium and I'm fine uh, letting the option expire worthless. So I don't need to buy it back. If I can buy it back, I will. Otherwise, no. So this is where here uh, I don't care about the open interest. Let me actually spell this out for you. And uh, really, it depends on the strategy. I mean, if you are trading a different strategy, open interest and volume might be very important to you. For me, it is not. All right, because technical support resistance level, do you? Uh, how do you objectively decide which are the best stocks? Um, do you take into account any fundamental analysis to filter out which underlying to trade? Now, uh, so here is what I do, and this is, uh, it's pretty subjective. So I don't have objective criteria here. It's pretty subjective, and then I must like the company because uh, the, the point is you must be okay owning this company. So I must like the company, and I must like the story of the company. Now, this is where I always use uh, Peloton as an example here because I know that many are trading Peloton and it has lots of premium in there. But you see, for me, Peloton, uh, it's a company that I believe can easily be ripped off. And uh, at some point, a major competitor might swoop in, might be even something like Costco, right? Or, or Bowflex, or I don't know, uh, maybe Schwinn, uh, who decide that we want to break into the market and they might offer everything for half price. And uh, Peloton gets host here. So I must like uh, the company, must like the story of the company, but it is fairly uh, subjective here. Because uh, the key is that you must be okay owning that stock, right, at the strike price. Okay, since you are suggesting not to sell puts on leveraged ETFs, why are they then included in the wheel scanner? You know what, this is a great question, and uh, we actually, we, we might uh, exclude them uh, in uh, in version uh, PXO to zero. So right now I thought you're all adults, right? And as adults, you can do whatever you want. I did not want to restrict you. Uh, so, but we might exclude it uh, or, um, or we might add an asterisk, right? As a warning sign. So it's, it's a good suggestion. And uh, I know that some uh, got blinded by premium on leveraged ETFs. So I do not trade leveraged ETFs. Anything that has 2x or 3x uh, in the description, I stay away from this. So uh, the next question here is, why do you select growth stocks only instead of a mix of value and growth stocks? Seems that growth is in trouble due to interest rates. Uh, this is a great question here, and uh, this is what you will see. Uh, growth stocks offer attractive uh, premiums, okay? Uh, value stocks rarely do. Uh, I want to show you a very specific example here. Uh, let me actually hop over to the iPad, uh, share the iPad with you, and uh, let's actually go to IBM because IBM is one of the, the value stocks that I have traded. Uh, but here, to be honest, I traded IBM after a massive drop. So I traded IBM uh, if I'm remembering it correctly, 
it was earlier this year um it was definitely this year yeah i i do believe that i traded it right here after we had this massive drop this is where i sold the 117 strike uh, because usually in IBM you won't find enough premium in there. Let me just show you if you go for example here to uh, IBM go to trade you see that the, the IVX the implied volatility is at 34 or 29 so it's usually not enough premium in there. So this is uh, the very simple reason of why I'm going for growth stocks because I'm looking for uh, a minimum of 30% annualized in premium. Okay, good. So now let's go to the next chapter. And uh, if, if you're enjoying this, by the way, if, if you're liking this, do me a favor and click on like really quick. Uh, this way uh, it gets picked up by the YouTube algorithm. And uh, this way, well, more and more people are seeing it. And I think that we are doing really, really great in time because I want to go through 29 of the most frequently asked questions. And right now we are right at 15 and we're approximately halfway through the show. Okay, so um, as you know, let me just scroll to the very top. So sell put options and collect premium. This is where we talked about uh, the important thing of their stock selection. We might or might not get assigned. So now let's move on to step number three when we sell calls here. So uh, let's move on to this and selling calls after getting assigned. If you sell a call lower than your original put strike price, can you still make money? Uh, this here is actually super dangerous and here's why. Okay, so when you sold a put, you got assigned. So you had to buy if you, uh, so selling a put means that you have to buy stocks at the strike price. And let's say I'm using an example of Apple and here Apple I bought at $133 per share. At $133, there we go, uh, per share. Now, if I'm now selling a call, it means that I have to sell stocks at the strike price. So if I'm selling, let's say a 125 call, it means that I have to sell the shares for $125. And here's the challenge with this. I bought them for $133, right? And I'm selling them right now for $125. So this means that I'm losing $8 per share. Now, uh, when you're trading options, right? I mean, options uh, come in 100 packs. So this means that you would lose $800 per option. So this is where, be careful. Be careful uh, when you're selling a call lower than your original strike price. If you do this, make sure that it is above your cost basis and we'll talk about the cost basis here in just a moment. So another question is why are covered call more profitable in your experience than cash secure put? Are you targeting a different percentage return? No, I do not. But here's a rule of thumb what I do and I want to show it to you uh, actually on the iPad. So let's jump over to the iPad. Let's jump uh, to PowerX Optimizer and uh, I want to jump to the wheel income calculator here. And uh, so I want to show you something that I did today where I sold. Uh, let's actually zoom in so that you can see it better. So um, today, uh, 
shouldn't have taken a screenshot too early. Today I sold um, calls on ride. Uh, yes, and let me let me double quickly double check uh, before I do this. What did I sell on ride? So on ride I sold calls. Okay, I did not uh, update it here correctly. So let me do this here together with you. So on the iPad uh, I sold calls that expire March 19th and I sold them uh, for 35 cents. And the calls that I sold uh, were at 23. So I'm just uh, moving over here to 23. So uh, by doing this, uh, this actually gave me an annualized return, as you can see here. Let me just quickly hit update. I don't know, I'm jumping a little bit around here, but I want to show you. So uh, here, uh, by default, I am not going as many strikes out. See, because all I need here right now is a rise in 7%. So if you're rising 7% here, uh, then I will be able to make money not only on the premium that I collected, the 1645, uh, but also an additional uh, $7,000 on the stock, right? So this will be a total of $8,500. And it's just the nature of the beast because when you are uh, selling calls, you're usually uh, going a little bit further to the strike price, okay? Uh, usually uh, closer to the strike price. And uh, therefore, usually higher premium and therefore higher RI. So this is just uh, the nature of the beast. Therefore, I, I keep telling you, I'm always looking forward to getting assigned because selling calls is actually more profitable as you pointed out. So this is a really good point. Now, the next question is here, when you sell calls to reduce your cost basis, do you also include the premium uh, received from selling first the put to include the cost basis and yes, I do that and again I'll be happy to give you all the notes here. So if you want then you have uh, 29 uh, Really tactics that you can use right away and this will probably answer your questions I'll leave a description or yeah, leave something in the description and also a comment right here of how you can get hold of the notes If you're interested in this and yes, of course, they're free. Okay, is there a risk of the portfolio? becoming nothing but stocks and not being able to sell covered calls out of the money to hit your targets. So, uh, and the answer to this is absolutely, yes, when trading there's risk. And uh, there is a possibility that you have, that you own a bunch of stocks and you cannot sell calls. So you have to uh, hold on to these. And so for a few weeks, it could absolutely happen uh, that you're not making any money. Uh, so one of my stocks that are not earning any money is Apple. So Apple, I've not been selling any calls, but you see, even though I have one dud in my account, uh, it's, it's only one of the duds, I still have been able to make almost $51,000 in just, uh, what do we have right now? Like seven weeks, eight weeks, nine weeks, something like this, a little bit over two months. I didn't start trading on January 1st. I think I started trading on January 11th. So today is March 10th. So this would be in two months. So therefore it, it'll even out, it'll even out, but it's a great question. So is there a risk? Absolutely. When trading, there is risk. If you are not willing to accept the risk when trading, do not trade, right? There's always the risk of losing money. Okay. So um, the question is, if you haven't sold a call against the Apple 133 strike price, haven't you been missing out on money? And uh, for me, 
the answer is not really and here's why because right now if i would try to sell 133 call on apple see uh, that is uh, for example expiring this week take a look at this i would get one cent i'm not missing out any money right because one cent translates into one dollar so no i'm not missing out even if i would go out to next week and i'm looking at the 133 you see i get 14 cents that's 14 dollars 14 dollars to tie up the capital here uh, for a week for me it's not worth it and again everybody is different so you might have different rules but for me it's not really it's not really so somebody says, uh, when running a rescue mission on margin, how does one sell a covered call? My broker requires cash for any call that I sell. And uh, here is my, if this is true, and uh, this, if this is true, change the broker <laughs> immediately. And here's why. Let me show you. Uh, for example, I own Apple shares. Here we go. So I own Apple shares. And if right now I want to sell calls against these Apple shares, and uh, I'm doing it here right now. So I'm selling, uh, let's say, eight calls against these Apple shares. Click on review and send. Um, there we go. You will see that it does not. Well, right now the markets are closed, but it does not have any effect on my buying power. It's the opposite. I mean, my buying power gets reduced. So here uh, I really, really highly recommend. I don't know if this is really true. Change the broker. Um, your margin um, requirements should be reduced when selling a covered call okay this is how it works when selling a covered there's an r call okay so um the question is why not still sell calls at your cost basis after the stock drops um, because sometimes there's not enough premium if there is enough premium i will do it but sometimes there is simply not enough premium and then yes you are sitting on your hands this is why i said i have this this one dirt in my account that is not making me any money which is apple uh, everything else is nicely making me money. GDXJ, I was assigned. I was able to sell calls against it. Right, I was assigned. I was able to sell calls against it. Uh, DKS, I sold puts. Uh, Mara, I sold puts. Snap, I sold puts. So everything else is making me money. Only Apple right now is the dud. And it is what it is, right? I mean, can't change the wind. I can just, uh, I can only adjust my sales. And this is what I'm doing here. Okay, so what to do when a trade is in trouble? This is a question that I receive all the time. And somebody said, what is, uh, what do you mean by rescue mission for those who have not heard it before? Please watch the video. I did a whole video on this. I talk, talked about it for sort of 30 minutes probably. Uh, watch the video, uh, flying rescue missions. I mean, just uh, search on this channel here. And uh, if I can, I will drop a link here in the description as well. Please take a look at this. It's it's a more extensive discussion. And uh, since I've already done it, I will just uh, refer you to that video. Okay. So uh, I think this is a question that we had here. Why not still sell calls after your stock drops? Because there might not be enough premium in there. So very simple.
right? If there is, we will do it. If not, like Apple, then it is what it is. So what happens when you run out of buying power and can't sell calls at your target? So first of all, uh, you can always sell covered calls because you, you will not run out of buying power for selling covered calls. What you probably meant is, what about puts? And here's what you do. There's, there's two things that you can do. Number one, you can either wire more money into your account, uh, which is probably not always feasible. And the other thing is what you can do is you can simply close uh, some positions to free up some buying power. So let me show you a very specific example in my account. So as you can see, uh, Apple, I do have a position that right now is giving me 82% of the max profits. So this is a put that I sold and I can simply close this. And by closing this, uh, the full quantity here, Again, the markets are closed right now. Ah, dang it. This is why it doesn't show you the buying power effect, but the buying power effect would be $16,000 uh, that, that my buying power would increase. So the way how I would do it is I would always take a look at your positions and see which ones are already making you money because it's easier to sell positions that are making money than selling positions that are losing money, right? So here I could sell this one. This would free up probably around $16,000. Uh, I can sell this one here. Uh, this one is making money. This would free up around $8,000. Uh, I could sell uh, Mara. As you can see, it is making me money. This would free up $31,000. So there, there's several positions that are positive. And you see my uh, buying power is still $71,000. So I'm good here. Uh, but I could absolutely sell a few positions to free up some of the money if I needed to. So this is what you do. Okay. Is it possible to buy options rather than sell options? Uh, because selling options is supposed to be very dangerous. Um, well, <laughs> of course. And uh, that would be the Power X strategy. So with the Power X strategy, you are buying options if this is what you prefer to do. And uh, if you're trading the wheel strategy, this is where you're selling options. So uh, pick a poison. I mean, Got to do one thing, either you're buying options or you're selling options. So I have a strategy for each of this. Uh, by the way, uh, if you're new to this channel and you do not yet have the book, The Power X Strategy, there's a link in the description. Uh, go to my website. I'll be happy to send you this book for $4.95. Um, so just pay shipping and handling $4.95. It's a book, uh, what, 100 around 160 pages or something like this that explains the Power X Strategy in detail if you prefer um, buying options instead of selling options. Okay, almost there. We are making really, really good progress. Uh, any point uh, to, uh, in waiting to make sure that the market has stopped dropping before flying a rescue mission? And my answer to this is absolutely yes. Okay, you don't want to try to catch a falling knife. So if you see, if you still see a waterfall going down in the stock that you try to fly a rescue mission, no, don't do this. Wait until you see that the market or the stock is stabilizing here. Okay, so uh, next question here is, I understand starting the rescue mission when the stock drops 30%, how do you determine the new put strike price to enter uh, the next support level? Yes, absolutely. This would be, uh, the next support level that you're looking at. So uh, let me show you a few very specific examples here. 
I'm going to share my iPad again and I'm sharing uh, some of the stocks that I'm in. So one of the stock that I'm in, for example, is Ride. And uh, we share my iPad. Let's zoom out here a little bit of Ride. I got assigned at 2150. And if you're looking a little bit at the long review here, then we see that the next uh, possible support level is uh, it's right here at around, I want to say, 12, 13. So this here uh, would be a strike price of 12 to 13, right? Because uh, we had uh, support here, we had support here. So this is where I would do it. If we go to uh, Apple, which is another stock that I have. So for Apple here, um, and right now I did uh, get assigned here at uh, 133, somewhere around here. And as you can see, the next support level is probably at somewhere around 108, right? We had some support here, some support there. Uh, even if you go a little bit further out, we had some support here. So three times support. So I would probably most interested in selling the 108 strike price. All right, good. So, um, Last uh, comment here, it's hard to make money on a small account unless you get assigned. And uh, here is my comment to this. And uh, this is where, yes, it is hard to make money on a small account, period. Yeah, it, it's super, super difficult. And I know that uh, many want to start with a smaller account like $500 or $1,000. And honestly, it is super, super, super difficult to make money on such a small account. In order to do this, you would have to trade this account way more aggressively, which means that you are basically risking a whole lot. So if you want to try to double a $500 account, you basically have to risk the full $500. And this is what many Robinhood traders and uh, these uh, YOLOers, uh, you only live once, do. It's all in and maybe it doubles or you lose all of the money. So yes, it is absolutely difficult. This is why I highly recommend. Uh, let's just um, go back here. So this is why the capital requirements, I highly recommend uh, that for the Power X strategy, if you want to trade it, that you have at least $5,000. And if you want to trade the wheel strategy, uh, that you should have at least uh, $10,000 in cash, which gives you uh, $20,000 in buying power. We talked about this in the beginning of the show here. So um, this is super important. And if you if you have smaller accounts, there might be trading strategies for you. Uh, I want to be honest, I don't know them. Uh, I don't know. When I started trading, I started with an $8,000 account and uh, I saved until I had $8,000. Now I shredded that account into pieces. I really traded it down to $1,600 and then uh, I saved money up again. And then the second account that I was trading was $16,000. Now that one, I also lost more than half. So I lost, uh, I, I traded this down to $8,000. And uh, this, when I put some more money in, I uh, brought this up to $12,000. And this is when it finally clicked. So again, if right now you have a smaller account, um, Good luck. There might be strategies out there. I wish I had some for you. I promise, pinky promise. If I knew how to grow a $500 account, I would tell you. If right now you take my money away and give me only $500 to trade, I would say no. I would probably find a way to uh, somehow 
I don't know, do DoorDash, uh, Instacart or something like this to save up money until I have at least $5,000. And I, I, I wish that I could tell you something different. And unfortunately, I can't. And again, I'm not saying that it is impossible. All I'm saying is that I'm not the right person to, to teach you these strategies because I don't know them. <laughs> you know, good. All right, that's it for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. And if you could do me a huge favor and rate it, that would mean a lot to me. Just leave a five-star rating and let others know what you think about the podcast. Also, you can go to rockwelltrading.com social where you'll find links to all of my social media accounts as well as event info, blogs, and other cool updates I have for you. Thank you so much for listening and remember to join me next time. Until then, have a great time and I'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.